I know that was encouraging for your heart today. And as we get into the message, I want to start with a little bit, you could call it a game. I'm going to see if I can guess. And what I want you to do is I want you to talk in the comments right here and tell me, what is one thing you missed the most right now about being quarantined? Put, put the things, it's like, I just can't wait for this to be over so that I can do or have or get. Go ahead and put some of the things down of what you're thinking. What comes to mind? I'm going to see which ones I can guess that, that you just can't wait to get back in your life once this quarantine is over. All right. I'm going to guess there's some of you guys who are like, I just can't wait to sit down inside of a restaurant and eat a nice, juicy cheeseburger. I, some of you guys can't believe it, but you can't wait until you can get yourself back to work. <laughs> like you, you want to be back on the job or even kids are like, I actually want to go back to school. I miss school. I wish I could be in school. Or maybe it's the movie theater. You're saying, I usually go see a movie and I just have missed that and we can't do it and it's driving me crazy. Watching at home is not the same. I know there's so many things right now that it's like we feel trapped and we can't get it outside of our houses and, it, and it's causing some stress and anxiety in many of our lives right now. I know there's a lot of different things that we miss. I know that we miss church. We, we miss coming together and getting to give someone a handshake or a hug and, and we miss that desperately. And I know that these things are going to return in time, but I would say that even while we're walking through these times that can bring up so much stress and worry, there's so many important lessons that we can learn from walking through this time. And this is so strange to not, not have Easter be the biggest Sunday of the year at church. It's so strange not to have so many other people around us to celebrate the risen Savior. It's so strange to do Easter like this. But I want to tell you, there, there's so many similarities between the first Easter morning and what's going on here, at least in how we emotionally feel right now. Because we think of Easter morning, sunrise service, celebration, but the fact is on the very first Easter, that sunrise morning, there wasn't celebration going on yet. There was still so much fear. There was still so much uncertainty. And if you're not familiar with the story, I just want to back up and, and just make sure our head is in the right spot as we get into this Easter service today. I, I mean, so many people, it, more than just the 12, had been following Jesus since the beginning of his ministry. And they saw Jesus do incredible things. They saw him perform miracles. They, they saw him bring the dead back to life, feed thousands of people with, with just a small amount. They had heard his teachings that made their heart just burn with passion and fire for God. That they had seen that Jesus and they believed he was the Messiah. He was the one who was going to free Israel from their captivity. And they walked through these years with him and then all in one night, I mean, listen to this, years of God doing incredible things through Jesus. And then in one night, he gets taken from them. He gets beaten. He gets mocked. He's stripped down and put on a cross. His mother sees him suffering on the cross. And all of the followers are terrified. And then he dies. And they had such tremendous hope. They had such tremendous belief in Jesus that, that he was going to be the one who changed everything. And then on Friday, Good Friday, he died. He was buried. And it felt like their hope died. 
They all ran in fear. They all hid. They felt like they couldn't go out because people were looking for his followers. And if they were going to put the leader to to death, they didn't have any fear about putting the followers to death. And so they were all terrified and trapped inside together, figuring out what they needed to do. And then Sunday came and the women decided we're going to go out and we're going to buy spices and we're going to properly embalm his body and give him a burial. And this is Easter morning. And so in the Gospel of John chapter 20, we're going to pick that up in just a second if you want to get your Bibles ready. But, But we see the women went and they found that the stone was rolled back. Now, I want you to pay close attention to to the way that this is discussed as we get in John 20, because when they see the stone rolled back, they didn't just start shouting, you know, hallelujah, like he's risen, he's risen indeed. No, that's not what they did. That's not what they thought. They thought not only has this Jesus that we loved been killed and humiliated, now they've even stolen his body. Their reaction wasn't, there must have been a resurrection. Their reaction was, there must have been a theft. And we see Mary's heartbroken reaction as we pick this up in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 13. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? She said, they, notice this, they have taken my Lord away. She said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Now look, her faith, her understanding of what happened in the situation, it did not jump to what Jesus had told them would already happen. He had told them that he would have to suffer. He had told them that he would die. He had told them that he would rise from the dead. But that is not where her faith jumped to. And I can associate with Mary so much, and I think it's such a beautiful picture of the way that we are, that even though God had told us this is the way that it would work out, We still internally haven't worked out how to live that yet, and it's like we need his help. I mean, it's so interesting. She's sitting there, she's crying because her expectations led her to, she wanted to see the dead Jesus. And she was so wrapped up in the emotion of her circumstances that she missed the fact that the resurrected Jesus was standing there speaking to her. How crazy is this? She, she couldn't see the incredible miracle that was happened, happening because her, she was locked in on her expectations of how bad the situation was. And I can relate to that because there's just this, this mix of she, she thinks that he's dead, but she still calls him Lord. It's like she's figuring out how these pieces go together. Like she had heard his words, but she had missed applying them to what her expectations would be. And so when she's in here and she, she's looking for a dead Jesus and she's speaking to a living, resurrected Christ and she can't even see the miracle that God has done. It's funny how she's sitting there looking at him, but she doesn't even recognize him. And, it, and he wasn't disguised. And, and just, to, just to be fun for a moment, I want to show you a picture. And this is a picture that my wife wishes did not exist. I'm going to show you this first picture, and I'm going to see if you can pick out where I am in this picture. This is for a scavenger hunt that we did. We were all in disguises 
and I'm in there, and go ahead and go to the next picture. This will answer the riddle for you. This is not a picture from the future. This is not a filter. This is something that I actually did to my head at one point in time. I'm not older here, I'm younger. This was 2010, and we shaved a bald head into the top of my head and shaved out a very creepy mustache. And it was for a scavenger hunt where people who knew me were supposed to be looking for me, and I seriously had groups of students that were looking for me, and I walked right through the middle of them, and they did not recognize me because of how I was dressed. I tried to plant a good kiss on my wife while I was dressed that way, and she told me I wasn't even allowed to come home until my whole head was shaved and the mustache was gone. You know, uh, true love, yeah, I just better never look like that in our marriage, I guess. No, I'm just, I'm joking, but the fact is, when I was dressed that way, it, it was so that they couldn't find me. God isn't hiding from you. And in this circumstance, Jesus wasn't in some sort of disguise. Mary, Mary was right there with him. She heard his voice. She, she heard the sound of him speaking directly to her. She looked at him, but she was so blinded by the circumstances, she couldn't see that it was him. God is not hiding from you. He has not made himself difficult to find. But I'm going to tell you, if in the midst of this season of difficulty, you felt like, I can't see God. I can't see where his hand's at. I can't see the fact that he's with me through this right now. I want to tell you that probably like Mary, you're so consumed by the circumstances. And Mary's grievances that were on her heart, they were legitimate. Someone that she loved had been put to death brutally. Like she legitimately got pulled away from, from, from reality of seeing what was happening in the moment because things were legitimately difficult. And I don't want to make light of your circumstance because I know so many of, of the people in our church are going through difficult economical problems, going through difficult health problems. I understand that we're all adjusting to this, but I want to tell you that in the midst of legitimate difficulty, if you will just stop and pause, I can guarantee you, you will see God's hand at work through these situations. That even through these trials, you can spot and see. I can see how God can use this right now. I can see the opportunity that he's given me to, hold a, to grab a hold of to make a difference for his kingdom right now. Jesus is closer than you think. And if you felt like I need to see his hand at work in my life, I'm gonna tell you, he's not hiding from you. He's right there, but we've gotta put the circumstances and the stress and the fear down so that we can hear his voice. And so in the midst of this where Mary is so heartbroken, so devastated by the circumstances around her that she can't see that Jesus is right there speaking to her, I love the fact that Jesus doesn't give up on her. He, he doesn't look for someone else who held it all together better. What he actually does in the next verse, and we'll put this up on the screen in verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. I, I love this because Jesus' response, it wasn't, you know, pull yourself together. It was Mary. It, it was calling her attention. And there was something about when he said her name, she recognized him. There was something that, that when he spoke directly to her and called her by her name, she woke up that, that it's not as bad as what I thought it was, that it's actually completely different. 
that his body hasn't been stolen. His, he's standing here. He's speaking. And this is where the joy of Easter begins to set in, in the realization that, that God, his words are true. That the words that Jesus spoke, they came to pass. That, that he wasn't defeated by death. He wasn't defeated by the cross. He wasn't defeated by the Jewish people or the Roman government. He wasn't defeated by any of them. But he's standing here and he's speaking. Mary was sitting there crying about not being able to find the dead Jesus and she was surprised with joy to find the resurrected Christ. Expectations of what you're gonna get, it's amazing how it can just blind you to what God is actually doing. And in this time, are you sitting there expecting things to be so bad that you would just miss all of the great things that God can do in this time? And this is a beautiful thing that Jesus didn't give up on Mary, but he called her attention. He spoke to her. And in the same way, I want to tell you, he, he died on Good Friday, but he rose on Easter Sunday, and he died once, but he has stayed risen. And he continues to call. He didn't just call Mary. He continues to speak to the disciples. He continues to call people through generations, and he continues to speak now. Because the same wake-up call that he gave Mary, I believe in a different way, he continues to speak that way to us now. I've experienced it in my life, and I want to tell you, I am sure that at a point in your life, you're going to feel this pressing on your heart where it feels like God has called you by name. Where he provides this clarity that in the midst of craziness, it's like you know he's saying, you need to look towards me. You've been living your life apart from me for far too long, and it's time for you to take the step. Because Jesus, he died for all of our sins. He died to give us eternal life, but abundant life that starts right now. But all of that is based upon a response to this invitation that he gives. Revelations 3 describes it this way, that Jesus stands at the door and knocks. But we have to choose to open that door. And in the way that he called Mary's name, I want to tell you that today he might be calling your name. You may have been just going through the motions of your life, but in this moment, you sense God is calling you to step forward in your faith with him. He's calling you to get things right in your life with him. And maybe this whole pandemic can be a beautiful point in, in your story where you say, I finally got my life together when everything fell apart. Because in, this, in these days... God is still at work. His resurrection is still working today. 2,000 years ago it began, but it's still at work today, bringing the dead back to life. That was Mary's experience on Easter, but an experience with two other people who were following Christ, they had decided we're out of here, we're out of the city, and they were taking a seven mile walk to a city called Emmaus. And on the way there, they had a surprise person join them on this walk to Emmaus, and it was actually Jesus himself. In similar circumstances, they didn't recognize him. And as they were speaking, Jesus began to ask them questions about what happened in the city, and they were baffled. They, they, they said, you must be the only person in, in Jerusalem that doesn't know what just happened. And so they began to tell him and that they, they thought they had found the Messiah, but then he was put to death and, and their hopes died as well. And he began to explain to them, and what it says is from the very beginning, what the law and the prophets taught about the Messiah, that, that he would die, that, that he would be resurrected. 
And, and it said that their hearts burned as he spoke. And when they finally got to Emmaus and they finally recognized who Jesus was, they realized that this was the resurrected Christ. And within the hour, they, had to turn, they turned around and they were running back to Jerusalem, making the seven miles journey right back to go meet with the other apostles because they all, listen to this, they all had lost hope. They, they all had expected that everything was over now. The first Easter started in a very dark feeling of despair, that, that things were over, that the disciples were scattered, that, that the Messiah was not who they thought they were. But then as they saw and experienced the resurrected Christ and the word spread amongst the followers, the external situation hadn't really changed at all. The government was still looking for them. They were still going to be persecuted. But internally, because they knew that Christ was with them, their fear left. They, it changed the way that they saw the world. Now look, the world hadn't changed, but the way that they saw it did. And this happened with Mary, the, the disciples that walked with Jesus to Emmaus, with Peter, who Christ appeared to, and then Peter later wrote these words in 1 Peter 1.3, and he speaks about the power of the resurrection. And he says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And I want to draw your attention towards living hope. Because there's so many hopes that come into our life, things that get us excited, things that we, we believe are going to work out. And, and it's like the hope starts and it fades and it dies. This isn't a hope that gets extinguished. This isn't a hope that slowly declines. This is a living hope that stays in the followers of Christ because of the power of the resurrection. Because Jesus defeated the grave, we have a hope that never fails, that never ends. And Peter, he was there in the point of despair. When you think about his experience, he rejected Christ. He, he made eye contact with, with Jesus as he had denied him that third time. Peter's heart was broken, but Peter's heart was restored and healed because of the resurrected Savior. Because of the resurrection of Christ, we have a hope that should endure all circumstances. And we have this hope because of his great mercy is what the passage says. It's not because we earned it. It's not because we did good things. But in fact, while we were still enemies, God sent Christ to die for us. While we were still captive by our sins, God loved us so much that he sent his son. While we had nothing to offer, and in fact, scripture teaches us that all of our best works are like filthy rags before him. It's not that we earned this gift of life that comes through the resurrection. It was because of God's great mercy. God so loved the world. God so loved you that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Now look, th this is the important part of the Easter message right here. Because I know that if you're watching this today, you could probably tell me the general story of Christianity. That Jesus lived, he lived a really good life, he taught some really good things, he died on a cross, he rose on Easter, and we give each other jelly beans on Easter to celebrate that. I know most of you could tell me that. That's not, that's not the important thing. What's important is you have been made this offer. You, you have 
been given this chance to believe in God's one and only son. And you have to make a choice about what you believe. Earlier I referenced the passage that he knocks on the door, but you have to choose to open it. And you know, just like we do on Easter, uh, you know, Easter eggs are a big thing in our culture. They, they get given to kids and kids get excited about them. But if your Easter eggs did this when you opened them, the kids would do this. Because you know what, an empty Easter egg is not what they're looking for. They, they, they would go through them and one by one, they would say, okay, there's nothing in here, it's not what I want, until they got to the one that made the magic sound and had the candy inside. People in Easter eggs have this in common. It's what's on the inside that matters. And the fact is you can't be good enough on your own to earn God's approval. Eternal life, forgiveness, that is only something that we can receive as a gift because of what Jesus did through his death and resurrection. And no one else can make a decision to become a follower of Christ for you. The resurrection is proof that God was at work through Jesus Christ. God loved you so much that he sent his son. God has ordered the steps of your life to bring you to a point where you would hear a message and sense an invitation that you need to take a step forward. Maybe in your life you've looked like a Christian and you've been around Christians and you've been around church. Maybe you've even helped out at the church. But if you have not invited Christ to be a part of your life, Easter Sunday is all about resurrection. And God is inviting you to join his family. Romans 10.9 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is a scriptural promise. This is something that no one else can do for you, but this is something that you have to believe in your heart. And this is a confession that you have to make for yourself. I want you to recognize from this Easter service, one simple point. You have been offered a living hope. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ was to pay a penalty that you could never pay yourself. But it is a gift that has to be received. And it starts with a simple prayer, but it starts with a conscious decision. And so I want you to ask yourself, have I made the decision to invite God into my life? Have I received this gift that was purchased for me on Easter? The prayer is a simple beginning to an incredible journey, and it goes like this. Father, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've made mistakes, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins, and I know that he rose from the grave to show victory over death. I thank you that you adopt me into your family. I thank you that you call us new creations. Would you start a new work in me? I'm ready to say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. What scripture tells us, if you just prayed that prayer from your heart and you meant it, that you are a part of God's family. That because of what Jesus has done, you are covered in grace. And I want you to know 
that if you made that decision, we would love to connect with you. We'd love to walk with you through the days ahead because making that decision isn't the end of a journey, it's the beginning of one. And you're called to be part of a church and called to be part of a family. And so today, we wanna celebrate. As we close this song, we celebrate the fact that this gift that you've received is the same gift that fills us with joy, fills us with life. It's the reason we celebrate Easter. It's the reason we make a big deal out of this day. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are filled with a living hope that, that goes over any fear, any anxiety that the circumstances of this world can bring around us. And so we celebrate with you as you make that decision. And we celebrate as we sing the work of the cross. We are thankful for what you have done, Jesus. Would you you move in our households today.